You're listening to The Business Marketing Show. In this episode, we interview Chris Blair from netpreneursummit.com.au. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Hi everyone, this is Ed K. Smith from The Business Marketing Show and today we have a special guest, Chris Blair from Netpreneur Summit and also MasterLevelMarketing.com. Chris is one of the co-hosts of the Netpreneur Summit along with James Brown uh, where I'll be attending and speaking uh, the first week of September. So welcome Chris all the way from Japan. How are you mate? Yep. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. It's, it's always great to help other people and also be interviewed. I enjoy, I enjoy these type of things. Fantastic. Now, obviously, to the people listening, you are not Japanese. No, <laughs> you're no. not Australian. No. So I, I'm I'm a little unusual. I'm American, um, but through various you know family reasons, I I got exposed to Japan um, when I was young, and I've now I've spent 20 years of my life in Japan. So, wow, yeah, awesome. Even though I'm American, I'm quite, quite unique. So I've read a lot on your uh, various blog posts that you would never consider going back to Japan at this moment in time. You're quite happy to stay, uh, sorry, back to America, <laughs> um, but you're quite happy to stay in Japan. So I love the lifestyle here, yeah. I mean, I, 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 no offense, but I know I'm American. I have a U.S. passport, and I still support America. I'm happy to go back and visit. It's always great to go back and visit, but for, li- for living, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. This is where I want to be. Awesome. Now, look, you and I met uh, for the first time a year ago, almost to the, to the month, uh, at the Fusion Dojo uh, in Thailand. Chiang Mai. Yeah, in Chiang Mai. Right. And uh, right. we're both speakers there. Now, you have done a lot of stuff in in uh, e-commerce and, and Facebook and using Facebook for marketing and different things. And you've also got a, a, a mastermind group, which is the Master Level Marketing. But Go back a little bit. What were you doing before you got into the internet space? You know, we, did you have a job? Were you running another yep. business? How did you How did you move into this space? Okay, so before my previous career, I, when I first got out of university, I went into corporate sales and I had a lot of success in sales. Um, but I didn't like the fact that in corporate sales, I was really, you know, most corporations limit you and how much income you can make. Uh, I was one of the top sales guys in my company and, you know, they basically capped my income, right? They didn't say, oh, we can't pay you that much because, you know, even though I'm bringing results. So that kind of upset me. So that's crazy. I basically, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, I should get paid when I'm get, when I'm based on the results I'm getting. But they capped, they, literally the company I work for, they capped the commissions. They said you get this much percentage, but it's capped. So no matter how much, how much I sold, and if I if I had done in the last in my last year in that corporate job, if I had if I had gotten paid based on the actual percentage I should have gotten, I would have gotten double the money I actually got paid. Yeah, and that really upset me. And so I decided to let that job go, and I moved on to another corporate job, corporate sales job, and and that was a very short lived thing. It was I just didn't like the industry. I didn't particularly like the company I was in. It's the only time in my entire life that I was in and out of a job in three months. Basically, at the end of the probation period, I told them I want to leave, and they, they said, okay, and they let me go. And I had, I already sort of, sort, of, sort of seen the writing on the wall that this was not where I wanted to be. So I made the arrangements so that I went into headhunting, and I was really interested in headhunting because it's a 100% commission job. Um, 
I know a lot of people who have success with it. I, it, it's something that you need sales skills. You also need consulting skills. I just thought it's something I can do. And I really believed in myself and had success in that. I mean, I did that for about, uh, see, almost, no, yeah, around four years, a little over four years. And yeah, I was, I was the top Asian account executive for the firm that I was in and everything was going really, really well. And yeah, I was booming. I was making good money and I didn't really see the problem with headhunting at the time. Um, then the Lehman shock came in and, you know, mm. the, the fall by the sun pipe and that really, really affected the marketplace. And, and 2009 was just a nightmare year. I went from making high six figures income to, to making, uh, you won't even, if I tell you how much I made in 2009, you'd be shocked. I mean, it was, it was pathetic. I mean, it was less than $10,000 I made total yeah, yep. for the entire year. Um, but in the previous year I made over almost almost like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So imagine going from two fifty the following year. And the year before that I made over over three hundred thousand. Just imagine going from three hundred down to two fifty down to, to ten less than ten thousand. I mean it's it was steep a fall. It's off a cliff. Yeah. So I basically lived that year off my savings. Um because it's a hundred percent commission job. So and but also I started realizing some things about the headhunting world. And I started really looking and examining and saying to myself, okay all right, the headhunting market will come back. There's no doubt it's going to come back, right? I mean, 2009 was by far, I mean, you talk to all the headhunting companies globally, it was the worst year in the history of the headhunting industry. Mm. It could not have gotten any worse. I mean, companies collapsed left and right. Companies that were, you know, before having trouble struggling, they collapsed. I mean, the strongest survived and my company survived. But I realized something here that, you know what? There's really no leverage and no system in headhunting, right? I guess I had one staff helping me and working with me, but the reality was it was heavily built on my own sweat equity. I looked around at the people who were in, in, in the industry, and I knew some guys who were making a million dollars a year in the industry, and they were basically pounding the phones from 8 a.m. To, to 9 p.m. every single day, going on the weekends. There was no systemization. It was all basically about their sweat equity. Yeah. And I realized, that, you know what? I may make good money and I can continue to make good money. I got good connections. I, I'm sure I can make six or maybe even as ever experience in time that I build the right client base, I can maybe get seven figures. But the reality is this is going to be 100% built on my sweat and it's going to be very little systemization involved. And the moment I stop running, the income stops running. So I decided, you know what, I need to get myself into a different type of business. And the only thing that I could think of to do that would allow me to create systems and create leverage was the internet. And also I could see very clearly that the internet was growing. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to jump on this internet thing for I quit my job, um, you know, and I just jumped into this. And my family and friends thought I was insane. <laughs> Did they really? Oh, man. I, the, the objections I got was unbelievable. Yeah, I suppose if it's an unknown thing, that's quite a common reaction for a lot of people, you sort of stepping into this world that you haven't been into. So uh, I, I can realize why they may have that reaction, whether it's uh, fear of you being really successful or maybe it's a protection thing. It could goes either way, doesn't it? I think it was more of a protection thing. They're afraid I wasn't going to fail and, and struggle. Yeah, okay. So now you're running the Netpreneur Summit. You're you're co-hosting that with James Brown. How did you meet James? I mean, people who know James, they know he lives in Tokyo as well. So how did you guys get together? Well, I mean, it's really weird. I mean, it was just, it was not the last Fusion Dojo. It was the time before. Yep. Um, I just heard about who James Brown is. I never even heard of the guy. 
And this is the ironic part is apparently he, he had bought one of my training courses, two-step Facebook clicks. Because later on, he told me he bought the course and I went back and I looked at our customer list and he was, yeah, sure enough, his you know, James <laughs> Brown marketing was there. I was like, wow. I didn't know who this guy was, but he was apparently, I mean, a lot more successful. I mean, I'm going to be frank, a lot more successful online than, than me. And he was also living in Japan, and I never heard of this guy. And I was just like, wow, how could I not heard of this guy? So someone told me about him. So I reached out to him, and I said hello. And he was at the Fusion Dojo event. And we had a little, little conversation on Facebook at that time. But then nothing sort of materialized after that. We, a lot of time went by. And then seven months later, he reached out to me and says, I have, I'm having a meetup, and do you want to come? And he literally, I'm not joking you, he pings me like three hours before the meetup. I mean, this thing's been planned for a month. Internet marketing meetup and talk if you want to come. And I'm like, dude, I got plans tonight, but I can drop by for an hour. So I dropped by that event and we mm -hmm. met. We had a good conversation. And from that point, you know, we really clicked at that point. It was something, it was a personality thing. We really got along well. So from that point, we started to really talk a lot on Facebook. Then we did a couple of, he actually brought me in as a co sponsor for his meetups here in Tokyo and I helped out with that. And then we did the last year, Nep in the summer. So things sort of snowballed from there. But it was really weird. I mean, we had contact and then it was six months of nothing. Yeah, it's weird, it's weird how that happens. I've had similar relationships like that where, I mean, well, that was in, in the case of Fusion Dojo, uh, Leon J. I did some work with him sort of like, I don't know, nine or 10 years ago. Uh, and then he contacts me out of the blue do you want, and says, you know, do you want to come and speak at Fusion Dojo in 2013? <laughs> I haven't heard from this guy for nine years. So <laughs> it's really weird how that sort of thing happens, but that's the, the power of the internet. Yep. So. You do quite a lot in the e-commerce space. Would you like to expand what that is and, and what you're involved with there? Um, yes, basically I'm involved in, it all started off, well, let me just step back and explain you a little bit what I've been involved in selling online. I'm involved in um, building a network marketing business online. Mm -hmm. I'm involved in affiliate marketing, so, you know, selling like uh, info products and software yep. um, online and, and doing my own training courses. But about a year Actually, yeah, I would say it's a little more than a year and a half ago. Little, actually, not quite a year and a half. Maybe a year and three or four months ago, I discovered this T-shirt marketing thing. I mean, there was a big trend with Teespring, right? Yes. And I decided to give it a try. Um, I I wasn't very serious about it in the beginning. It was more I did it sort of on a lark. Where I, I was making very good money with affiliate marketing. You know, I was making. And also, I had my own product launches going. So, mm -hmm. the, the the idea of the, of the e commerce thing was just sort of a lot of people were doing it, and I saw making people making money. So I said, you know what? Hell, I'll just get a couple of designs, but I'll throw up some shirts. And it's sort of just snowball from there. Day by day, I got more interested in this, and it really started to consume my life. I mean, <laughs> to, this is what I want to do, and I and I, and I really let affiliate marketing go by the wayside even in product launches i'm not really doing product launches anymore i, I mean there was a one there's a year stint where i had like five product launches in one year um and i'm not doing that i do have my own product which is massive level marketing it's a mastermind group but i'm not doing these big you know big massive you know jb zoo or war former clickbank launches anymore i'm i mean, there was a year stint when that's that's all basically all i was doing was those launches and affiliate marketing, and that's a great business model i'm not saying anything wrong with that business model. i made good money and i enjoyed that and there's nothing like the 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 ecstatic feeling you get when you do a week long launch and you build up for like for a week I'm sorry a month or two preparing and getting the affiliates and then suddenly you launch this product and you know you're making ten thousand twenty thousand thirty thousand dollar a day it happens and it goes on for like seven days it's freaking exciting as hell and yeah. all everyone's making a lot of money and everyone's excited and people are about ooh and that's great and I'm not I'm not being critical of that at all I did that I did that for over a year but I just that's not my thing anymore I really just became obsessed with this e-commerce thing and I really liked this business model. I'm um, so 
I'm not really in the in the you know in this product launch for the marketing space. Now I'm basically focused on 100 on e-commerce, you know, selling physical products, t-shirts and necklaces and hats, other accessories. I've opened my own shop. I'm no longer on third-party platforms like Teespring or Represent or Amazon. I'm, I got my own Shopify store. Um, it's all branded to me, my own store. And I also have a mastermind in which I teach people e-commerce. So my mastermind group is for people who are interested in doing e-commerce. Right, and that's the masterlevelmarketing.com that's website, right. correct? Okay, that's right. So you've got training and webinars and, uh, and and products you've got in there, and also people can join your. Uh, is it a, is it a private Facebook group only for for those yeah, private, people? Only for the members. That's right. Okay, and what's the price of getting involved with the the group? Um, well, up to now, we've been done. I've only done for the past year. I've only done lifetime memberships, mm-hmm. and which was four ninety seven. But you know. It, you know, I was just <laughs> made a post the other day. Said, "Hey, four ninety seven. I'm still getting new, new kind of weekly webinars." It just occurred to me that you know maybe this is not the best formula. It's great for the customer, but also for me, I put a lot of effort and time into that mastermind. So I needed, I need to create a little more equitable situation. So I decided to change from from tomorrow. You can still get it now for four ninety seven today, but from tomorrow, it's the lifetime membership is going to be over. And it's going to be ninety seven a month. But it, yeah. I mean, that may sound like a lot, but it, it's not if you no, think about not. it this point of view. <laughs> Every no, single week, you will get a workshop webinar. You will get new updated content in the members area, and you get the support of the group. So it's cheap. Look, really, if you get one nugget out of just you know one month for ninety seven dollars, that makes you thousands of dollars. It pays for itself, doesn't it? It does. It certainly does. Yeah, four ninety seven for lifetime membership was a steal because you know many mastermind groups you're paying that on, on a monthly basis. So even ninety seven dollars is a, is a bit of a no brainer as as long as what you're teaching matches what people want to learn. Everyone's happy and uh, and I know you give one hundred and forty percent, mate. So that's brilliant. The feedback. So, I mean, the feedback people like I sometimes post on my Facebook. Well, how are you guys like in the mastermind movement? Unbelievable. I mean, they just go in there and they make tons of comments. So, yeah, people are happy. That's great. That's the sort of feedback you want. So, we've got quite a few interesting speakers who are actually coming along to Netpreneur Summit. Um, there's this really cool guy called Ed that I know. He's, he's turning up. <laughs> um, I think that would be you. Oh, that's right. That's me. Sorry. I thought that I was thinking there was another Ed, but it's definitely me. Uh, there's quite a few Aussies turning up. Kim Barrett, my mate here in in Perth, who does Facebook advertising, he's he's speaking as well. Um, Stuart Sterling, he's Australian. Who else we got? Well, of course, Mr. Brown, an Australian expat living in Tokyo, and a few other guys, a few UK people. Uh, so it should be, it looks like quite a nice mix of people talking at the event. So um, I'm, I'm assuming you're pumped and excited about it. I'm excited. I mean, this is going to be a great event. I think it's going to change people's lives. I think people should come out and, and the thing is, there's a couple of things that, that's really cool about this. Number one is it's a non-pitch event. So we're not going to be sit there pitching you and pitching you, which is the number one problem with most events, right? Yes, correct. Um, the, the other thing is it's a small, small event. I mean, we're not going to have a huge number of people. I would say we're going to have anywhere between 40 to 100, depending on how many tickets we sell and, and et cetera. But it's going to be a chance to interact with the speakers. And that's huge, guys. To be able to actually, you know, most events I go to, 
a speaker will come in, he speaks, and then he's gone. And you don't get a chance to really interact with them and ask the follow-up questions, which can sometimes be the key. You know, you may have gotten the gist of what the person was talking about on stage, but you're missing a little bit of key elements. you got some questions. And to be able to connect with them is, is, is enormous. And that's going to be possible this event because this is going to be a smaller event. I mean, the reality is Tokyo is kind of an out-of-the-way destination, so it doesn't have the same appeal as holding an event in, in Vegas. But we're doing that on purpose. We want to be something different. We want to be something unique. We want to promote Japan. So this is going to be an opportunity for those who make the trip to, to, to connect with some people that you would not normally have a chance to. I mean, how often can you rub shoulders with people who are making six or seven figures online and sit there and, and have a drink with them and talk to them for 20 or 30 minutes? It, it's, it's a rarity. So I think this trip is going to change lives. It did last year. I mean, one thing I can say is really amazing is we only had about 30 people last year. It was our first attempt, and also those timing was bad. It was, it was December before Christmas, so yeah, a yeah. big mistake, right? But almost, I think 20 of them have bought tickets again for this year. What does that tell Testament. you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how pleased they were. I mean, literally 60% plus of the people are buying and want to make the trip out again. Yeah, and, and as you say, it is not the most convenient of places. But I mean, for someone like me coming from Perth, nowhere is convenient unless it's in Perth. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, no, no matter where I go, I've got to fly for you know usually minimum five hours. Uh, where in this case it'll be thirteen, but well worth it because I've hung out with you guys before and I know how switched on you are and how much fun you are, which is important. You've got to have fun doing this stuff, don't you? I mean, you know, if if it's all too serious, uh, which it does need to be when it needs to be, but there's also times when you need just to be able to shoot the breeze and that's i find when you pick up the gems in the in the conversations at the bar you know you, oh, you're chatting definitely. with the speakers and all of a sudden they they drop an absolute bomb on you go oh that is super cool and you know if that was the one thing you take away from the whole uh, seminar then fantastic you know i mean all the content you're getting is going to be absolutely brilliant and uh but you know it's that catching up with the speakers as you said and having time to talk with them that is that is gold so I think it's probably golden. Yep. So uh, I know you've got an absolute ton of stuff on your plate at the moment, and you had to squeeze this twenty minutes in with us uh, to get this done. So I appreciate it, Chris. Thank you. No for... problem. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate that. No, that's my pleasure, mate. And uh, we'll see you in a month from now in Tokyo. In yeah, Shinjuku. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to having a beer with you as well. We will do so, mate. Okay. Have a good one. Thanks, Talk Chris. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Business Marketing Show. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher.